0: Aloha Avelina na to the Hikina Rising podcast, a podcast produced on the campus of Kamehameha Mowi.
1: Ah, welcome to episode four of the Hikina Rising podcast. My name is Kohola Ricard, and this is the first installment of a series that we don't yet have a name for, but we're open to names. So if you have a name for it, please email. Anyway, um, this is uh, a podcast... to highlight different alumni that have graduated from KS Maui and have since moved on and and then their time at different universities played athletics and have made their way to whatever path they've chosen in life and the hope is to kind of get their mana'o on what they did what they could have done how they maybe would have changed things if they could have and have some advice for our current Athletes at our school so that they can have a a good jumping off point as they make their way into uh, their higher education careers and athletics. Um, So, as we move on, I want to first bring in, before we get to our alumni, I want to first bring in the co host of this awesome radio show. His name is Kevin O'Brien. Introduce yourself. What do you do at the school, Kevin?
2: Uh, My name is Kevin O'Brien. I am the world history teacher. Uh, I teach all the juniors. I have a class for seniors as well. It's my 15th year here, um, if you can believe that. 15 15 years years here already. It's amazing. Uh, Mrs. Craig, we're both 15 years, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, Yeah. I'm here. I've Fifteen happy years. Fifteen happy years here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, been very fortunate. Consider myself very fortunate. Yeah,
1: and you were getting well. into. You coached. You coached football. You've done the strength training for I've the of, school for a while. So yeah, you've I've seen kind of athletes.
2: Been, yeah, I've kind of been in the weight room the whole time I've been here. That's sort of. I Oh, when I was in high school, I loved lifting weights. I was a football player in high school. Um, I was a small guy, and so the weight room was very important to me when I was a player when I was young. And so I've always loved working out and being in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of helped different teams over the years from everybody from the football team to the cheerleaders and uh, enjoyed it, always enjoyed that. I've been, I was the head football coach here after Coach Stella Tori, the first coach, and I was the second coach for three years. Um, I even helped Coach JB, I got back into it helped coach the JB football team last fall, so that was fun, got mm-hmm. back into that.
1: And of all the athletes you've helped with strength shrink- training over the years, any of them stick out in your mind?
2: Uh, well, one of them is here today. Ah, yeah, okay. I was actually going to okay. get to that story. Okay. Uh, one, my favorite lift of all time, my favorite lift in the weight room is the power clean. And when I came and when I arrived at this school, I was surprised that not, there, hardly anybody was doing power cleans. Mm-hmm. And sub, since then, I've trained about, I feel like I've trained a thousand kids at this school to do the power clean. But when I got here, there was one person doing them. One person and one person only. That guy, was. his name was Keone Wong. He was in the first graduating class. He was the only guy, right? Remember this? So Keone's with us here. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. I was going to bring this up anyway, but you can tell us about your power, clean, your power clean prowess later on, okay?
1: Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we get into that? Why don't we go and introduce the stars of our, our episode, um, our alumni who have generously given their time to come and join us here. We have four of them. Um, I'll let them introduce themselves and we'll go around to each person and they'll kind of give us some background, um, who they are, where they grad- when they graduated, what university they went to and so on and so forth. So why don't we start? Mr. Keone Wong, why don't you go ahead?
3: Okay, uh, first of all, I just wanna say thanks for having me. I am um, a KS Maui 2006 uh, graduate. Um, I was in the arts and communications here in high school. Um, went to Western Oregon University from 2006, and I graduated in 2010, and um, I studied uh, a bachelor's in fire service administration. All right. All right. Hello. Okay.
4: <laughs> I'm Akana Pondike. Um I graduated here at KS uh, 2012. I was in the Academy of Health. Then I attended Western Oregon University also and graduated in 2016. I majored in elementary education and I'm now a teacher.
5: Aloha, my name is Brian Paole. I came into Commandment Schools in Maui as a freshman, graduated 2008, uh, ended up attending a junior college and moving on to Division One single a school at Eastern Michigan University. Graduated there with a bachelor's in communications and a minor in business and health. Graduated 2013.
0: <coughs> Aloha, I'm Kalei Booth. I graduated in 2011 from Kamehameha Maui um, in environmental sciences. I continued on to UH Manoa, where I studied Hawaiian studies with an emphasis in Malama Aino. Um, I graduated in 2014, and now I am a mom and a part-time employee at Hawaiian Airlines.
1: Excellent. Right on. Well, thanks for everybody for being here again, like I said. Why don't we first get into that story you were talking about, Kevin? Why don't you tell us about, or is Keone want to tell that story?
2: Well, uh, the story is, is that uh, I, was, I, I was surprised that nobody was doing power cleans, and then the one guy starts doing power cleans. I'm like, whoa, that guy knows what he's doing. So why don't you tell everybody where you learned how to do power cleans uh, when you were a young guy, even before high school, right? Yes. Um, I was
3: fortunate that my neighbor, is, um, he was an Olympic weightlifter. Um, Keku Akana is his name. Um, he was a former uh, police chief for MPD, and when I was younger, I could hear him slamming weights. They didn't have bumper plates back then, <laughs> so he used to just do power cleans and all the snatches and all the Olympic weights with, um, with his metal uh, plates, and he would slam it on concrete. And, right, get um, it at his
2: house, in his garage, At his garage, house, right? in his garage, <laughs> yeah. So
3: we used to go to his house and watch him lift, and then he would show us some stuff, and then as I got older, um, he would take us to the old Wailuku gym, um, below the basketball courts, And uh, we would start lifting there, um, maybe around, I don't know, seventh grade. And then um, from there, I just stayed with him all the way through high school. So that's where I got the background
2: from. Interesting. Interesting. Well, very nice. So, uh, you you know, we kind of want to go through this, like, your youth and then high school and then college and all those things sort of wrapped together. So I was wondering uh, from all of you was – was college sports when you were a young kid, like every kid kind of dreams of playing in the pros, right? Or playing, being a, being a pro player, you know, especially football. I can certainly relate to football, but being a pro. And So when you were a young kid, did you think about playing sports in college? What do you think, Brian? Was that something that was on your mindset when you were a kid?
5: Yeah, it was on mine just because both my parents kind of drilled into my head, go to college. Regardless how you get there whether it's on a scholarship or academics just get there because sports can take you far But at the end of the day your brains is gonna be what you live off of. I mean I could uh, As actually what happened I blew my knee out my senior year and in my sports career I still had a degree to at fall East, back on.
2: At Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Okay.
5: And then I had a degree to fall back on So I came home started my own company and uh, I worked for myself
2: so when you were a kid, did you did you follow pro football or college football? I mean, who was your favorite?
5: Oh, I was always a Florida State Seminole fan when okay. it came to football. And then Pittsburgh Steelers for the NFL. Okay. We're not doing that good this year, but don't judge us.
2: Okay. Makana, okay. did you want to – I mean, what? Oh. I mean, there was – there's not really a – did you like – was there's not really a pro – there wasn't a pro soccer league necessarily, but maybe the – The Olympic soccer teams, the women's team, were those those influential on you?
4: Actually, I could care less when I was a kid. Uh I wasn't even into it. Loved playing soccer because I was pretty fast. But other than that, it didn't get serious until middle school when a bunch of my friends were doing it. And I was like, okay, I guess I should decide now if I'm going to put money and time into this or waste money and time. And I didn't want to do that. So I joined a club that was pretty successful, and it allowed me to grow and then realize that – Which club? Um – my United Soccer Club. Okay. So we made the first girls team and traveled a lot, started getting looked at and kind of started opening up doors and opportunities. So I decided that that's definitely something I wanted to do and it ended up taking me um, out of the state, which I definitely enjoyed and loved. And now I got a degree, and I played sports all four years as a collegiate athlete, and now I'm back at home living so, the life.
2: So when you were in high school, though, when did it start to occur to you that you potentially could play college soccer? Uh,
4: I think when I started going to showcases. Um, went to a few, Vegas, just in Oahu.
2: Like fresh, even freshman year or sophomore year? Or? Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay. And um, I started getting looked at. Um, some clubs asked me to guest play with them, and I was kind of surprised like oh okay and from there i was like oh maybe i do have the potential to be better so kind of took off from there
1: what was the like what was it something inside of you that started that you just intrinsically become infatuated with the idea of playing or Uh, like what what stoked that fire was it i liked
4: making my family name out there having it out there So, I don't know. I just felt proud to be like, oh, you know, I can put myself out there and for myself make goals within myself. Like, oh, can I actually get there? Oh, I I do. I can Mm -hmm. put in this time. I'm putting in the effort. So, I think once I started getting serious in middle school and high school, it kind of just drove me the rest of the way to accomplish goals for myself, not necessarily for anybody else.
2: And what about you, Keone? I mean, you you were on a pretty successful football team here, that team with the... Uh, Brian was on that team as well, the only team that we've ever had here that won a playoff game. Coach Dellatore was the head coach of that team. You guys won a playoff game at, uh, at Kauai, Kawhi. and then we lost, you lost a second playoff game at Radford, I believe. So when did you start sort of realizing maybe <clears throat> college... You could play college football? Um,
3: actually my freshman year I don't know if you guys know Kahanu Noa, but he works here um, yep. he's my brother-in-law and uh, I met him when he was a senior at Kamehameha on Oahu he's dating my sister and I was a freshman and I watched him when they came over and played Baldwin and just smashed Baldwin and I was talking to him and I was you know kind of in the mindset of you know Maui and you know the good teams on Maui and you know I was kind of intimidated of certain stuff and he kind of opened my eyes to like dude there's so much more than Maui you know don't think that this is it you know and when he went on to play for UH and he was on the Sugar Bowl team and all that um, he gave me a lot of advice and told me like hey, if you want to do it you know you can do it and I kept that mentality from freshman year all the way through high school and you know our team was
2: doing good and um, yeah I thought maybe give it a shot you know. Um, Kalei you you played water polo here. I think you're one of just two girls we've ever had in this school that have played Division One water polo, which is a great accomplishment. And uh, so when did it occur to you or when was it happening? By the way, Coach Leo De La Torre was your head coach too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, he's kind of a – he's kind of a well, – he's amazing. He's well-rounded and uh, a great coach of all kinds of different sports. So when did it start to happen with you that you're like, okay, maybe I can play – and play at the highest level when was it I mean, and when did you start what, what I know you're from West Side, so was there a water polo club over there you were involved with when you were young how'd you get started
0: a little bit of a water polo club I think <clears throat> in general it was always just whatever my brothers did I wanted to prove that I could do it and I could probably do it better <laughs> so it was always like oh you're playing soccer I can play soccer oh you're doing water polo I don't know what it is but I'll try it So that's how I got into water polo. Um, But, yeah, we had this tiny little club in Lahaina, and it was pretty much the only club on Maui for a while. And then we started this Maui tournament. My brothers played it, so I played it. Um, And from there, we just kind of kept growing. Actually, I didn't even really think about college until Coach Leo was like, oh, like, you should put in your application here. Like, they have water polo teams. I was like... Yeah, I'm just gonna surf in college.
2: <laughs>
0: um, but I don't regret it at all. It was the best experience of my
2: life. So, were you looking at other schools, or was it just UH Manoa was the only thing you were gonna do because of what you wanted to study, or were you looking at other potentially oh no, other was schools? Definitely
0: looking at other schools. Okay. A few of them inside the mainland. Um, I had really wanted to play with my cousin who played for Lahaina. Like we always had wanted to play on the same team. Yep. So, I had looked into the same school as her, but for the areas that I wanted to study. I had to stay in Hawaii.
2: And a lot of those girls that you played in Lahaina with, that played for Lahaina Luna, they played college water polo as well, didn't yeah. they? Yeah.
0: Some of them are playing internationally now.
2: Is that right? Wow. Yeah, that's... And then Lahaina Luna was always a team we had a hard time beating back in the day when you were in high school, right? Because you knew all those, and you knew all those girls, right? Yep. Did you just want to drown them all?
0: We <laughs> were all raised together, all in yeah. the same team.
2: Cool.
3: And now, a quick break.
6: Hi, my name is Mrs. Arcus, and I'm the new librarian on the high school campus in the Charles Reed Bishop Learning Center. A book that I would like to focus on and recommend right now is called The Keeper, the unguarded story of Tim Howard. And I read this book several years ago when he was actively... Um, in the World Cup, and I believe he played for the Olympics as well. But I was really curious about Tim Howard. What I didn't know about him in the World Cup is I didn't realize he had learning disabilities. His book speaks openly about um, Tourette syndrome and also OCD. He describes in his book when he was heading out to the field in the tunnels before every game, there was a certain way he had to put on one sock and then the other, and his soccer cleats. And he did touching of the field and a couple of other body parts. And if he stopped or messed up that routine at any point, he had to go back and do it all over again. Um, and they knew from a young age that he was diagnosed with both um, obsessive-compulsive disorder and Tourette syndrome. And what I admire the most is that these coaches were willing to give him a chance and, and look and see about what his skill level was like And the thing that's phenomenal about Tim Howard is the closer a soccer play got to him, the more his symptoms subsided. And it actually was his OCD and Tourette syndrome that gave him his greatest strength as a player. And so the author's message is just phenomenal in that we just need to be accepting of ourselves. And sometimes the things we see as shortcomings truly are our greatest talents in life. Happy reading.
3: Let's
1: get back to the show. I, I wanted to ask a question. Oh, okay.
2: You I go wanted ahead. To get into,
1: um, because we have so many athletes that <clears throat> that go away, they get to college, they're, they're doing their thing, and then they they come to this point where it's this inevitable fork in the road where, you know, I think I think I don't want to... Continue on this path anymore, or I do want to stay with it, I'm going to tough it out. You know, I know I had that, that moment in my life uh, while I was in college. Um, what were some of those moments, or what were the biggest challenges that, that hit you as a, as a student athlete at the college level? Um, why, don't, why don't we start with Brian? Should we start with you?
5: Yeah, of course. Um, actually, my first summer camp when I actually got to my university. I considered quitting and walking away from it, turn, throwing the scholarship away, um, mainly because I thought I knew football, and when I got to my university, I found out I didn't know anything. Um, my coach kind of broke me completely down and made me relearn the entire sport. Um, luckily for me, I had people on the team who you know, told me, hey, it gets better, just stick it out. I uh, called my dad, talked to him, told him what I was thinking. He told me, "You know, it's your choice. You can always come back home but then you're always going to wonder what if. So instead of wondering what if, I kind of just buried my head inside of our books, about like four-inch wide playbooks that you're supposed to learn. (laughs) Yeah, talk about learning football. (laughs) Uh, So after doing that, you know, I stuck it out, finished camp, came out of camp with my coach originally thinking about redshirting me to learn the program a little better. And then my head coach asked me to just perform on special teams and then Actually, about the fifth game of the season, got a chance to start, and I never let that position go.
1: Ran with it, so. So that call to your dad, you still remember that call? Yeah, yeah, I do too. I did the same thing, same call to my dad, and he was the one that kind of.
2: You know, we should probably point out here that you know technically you're you're somebody we should talk to. You're somebody who can speak to this issue because you were. Uh, college athlete yourself why don't you tell everybody who's listening what you where you went to school and oh okay what what sport you played
1: (laughs) well I played baseball I went to La High Luna I graduated with a baseball scholarship to UH Hilo Uh, I went there and I played baseball for four years and uh, yeah there were multiple times throughout that journey where it was this is too much you know every weekend you know doubleheaders Sponging the field, cleaning the field, everything you know. Doing Special Olympics events one weekend, doing boys and girls clubs events the next weekend. Because you're on scholarship, you're almost mandated to do these things, and you know. Albeit my pitching coach, as soon as I showed up, the first thing he told me was, "Baseball is ninety percent of your free time." That's the first thing he told me, and I didn't really know what he meant until it happened. And I was like, this is, this is too much, you know. This, I thought I was going, you know, with everything I had into baseball when I was in high school. And then this was a whole new thing that I was not having quote-unquote fun with at the time. You know, it was, I thought I knew baseball, and this seemed like something completely different for me. And I had to have that call. I had to have that moment where my dad talked to me, my pitching coach talked to me. You know, that real check, and I could have gone one way or another, and I could have come back home and call it quits and just been, that be it. And luckily I didn't. So, you know I, know, I know what it's like. I know exactly that feeling that you're talking about, I think. And I wanted to pass that around the room. Makana, what about you? Did you have something similar to that?
4: I did. <clears throat> My freshman year coming into summer camp, um... Was, well, soccer, it's a lot of running. But I had the mindset that short-distance running because it's in spurts, but um, no. So we had to uh, time three miles all the time, up to nine miles. Wasn't feeling it. I could lift. I could do the lifts. I played soccer fine, but the running just was killing me. Um, I mean, partially, it's definitely was my fault. I was like, oh, I don't really need it. I don't have to train for it before I go. I'll go. It'll be like usual, like high school. I can kind of get away with it a little bit. But that wasn't the case. When I came in like, I don't know, at the end of everyone else finishing, I just was like, you know, I don't want to be that player. So I had to dig deep there and I just thought, you know, all the people helping me along the way to get there, I just I don't wanna show them that, you know what, I didn't take that time to make sure that I could do what I know I should be able to do. So I just from that one practice I just got it together and put in a little bit more time and the people around me just made the experience great. So after that, I had no doubts of wanting to quit after that.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: But that was pretty much it. Yeah,
1: That one time. The people around you, I mean, that is a big one too. That is, you know, the teammates that you kind of surround yourself with. They really, they help keep you invested in what it is you're doing. You, know? you just not quit. Well, so, at the end of the
5: day too, it comes down to is a decision that's going to affect your life forever and it's whether or not you can live with yourself after and if you can look in the mirror and say you'll be okay walking away from this, then go ahead and do it. But if you're gonna look in the mirror and wonder what if, what if the rest of your life, you're gonna eat yourself up inside. Yeah.
1: That's a pretty big question though for a what like a, a sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year old kid to have, right? Is that that's a pretty big question for them to look and say. I'm about to make a decision that's gonna affect the rest of my life. Um, to 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 think that somebody at that point would have the maturity to kind of say. You know, okay. Reality check. What, well, here know, we know, go. We, we got do. two people.
2: Okay, yeah. so let's let's tell us your story. You you played for two years and then you stopped. What was the thing that? What <clears throat> what, what was the what? Calais. What was the deciding thing, in your career that I said you're happy. done? Two things.
0: It was starting to. Uh, the classes that I wanted to take were overlapping with my practices, and you know when it comes down to it, you're a student athlete. Student comes first, and I knew what I wanted. I knew that if I I could have drawn it out and stayed and played, but I also would have stayed in college another year probably or else I could I could get my work done and go. And besides that, I had another opportunity to be a part of the Polynesian Voyaging Society and sail. So it was like I knew at that point that I probably wasn't going to go on to be professional. I think it's like 1% of high school athletes become collegiate athletes and then One person or something like that becomes becomes professional. So it was like, "Mm, here I am playing with some national team players from around the world, getting my butt kicked, probably not going to go pro. (laughs) And I had an awesome opportunity that I'm still a part of today.
2: And so it ended up being an easy decision almost.
0: Almost. It was definitely hard to walk away from my team. Um, Hmm. I made some of the best friends I'll ever have.
2: Now, Keone, you did something interesting because you went and played for a year, then you stopped, but then you came back your senior year, if I'm not mistaken, right? So you took, you went and played one year of college, took two years off, and then played a, one more year. So what what was all, man, you must have been going through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I was linebacker in high school,
3: but I was small, you know, like 185. And when I went up there, I was like 195 and they put me at um, strong safety And it was hard to play at a collegiate level, a position you never played before. So my redshirt year, I just got beat up trying to learn a position. And um, your mentality as a linebacker is you want to come downhill and make tackles, but you can't do that at safety too much. I mean, you can, but you get a lot of balls thrown over your head. So, so yeah, so I, I... I, they wouldn't let me play linebacker. They wouldn't even let me try. They just said, you know, you, you play safety or nothing. So um, I finished off my freshman season, and um, I just said, you know, I think I'm going to just stop playing. Um, and like you, like Brian was saying, it does eat, eat away at you. Um, you were disappointed. I, yeah, I was disappointed in myself um, for, you know, quitting. And I, luckily I had... Um, my roommates, one was a linebacker and one was a D end, and they were big guys, two thirty and two fifty, and I lived with them every day. And I would see them go travel and do other things, and I would stay back and you know stay back at the house. And then um, they told me, you know what, like why don't we just just eat with us, lift with us? They would go to their practice and train and lift with the team, and then they would take me to the gym after they came home and lift again with me so I had really good friends that um, supported me, and then I got my weight up to 215 in those next couple years, and then I saw the linebacker coach at the pool one day, and uh, I was joking around with him saying, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, you got bigger, I was like, yeah, you know, you should put me linebacker, and he's like, yeah, come out, so I was (laughs) like, okay, so I went out, and um, yeah, made the team, and Played my senior year as a linebacker. Are you glad you did that? Yes, yes, cause you can, you know, you just feel better. Like I would not nev- I'll always wonder, you know, if I didn't um, do that, you know, could I have played in college? Cause as a redshirt, you don't play, so I would have never known
2: if I didn't come back. You yeah. know. What do you four think is the biggest assumption that high school athletes make about college that's wrong? You we, kids <laughs> all, kids kids that's in speech. high school say. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go play. I think I can go play. I'm sure I can go play. Uh, I'm going to go play. What's the – you know, high school kids have a perception about college sports and college athletics and playing them. What's What would you say is the one thing that when you arrive – how about this? When you arrived at college, what was the big, biggest shock? Brian?
5: I was one of those punks, and I got my world rocked.
2: <laughs> you – I mean, nothing against
5: the programs here in Hawaii, but we're not really up to speed with what everybody else is doing. So you're already 10 steps behind one of the average players coming up into the mainland. So when you're there, you're already trying to play catch-up. They already know this, this stuff they learned in high school that you should have learned, that you're not learn, learning until your freshman, sophomore year. Okay. So you start off with a disadvantage. The only advantage you do have is the pride of where you come from. Uh-huh. And that's something that you really have to like beat on And knowing where you come from, who you represent, your family, I mean, I didn't want to let anybody down. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to let somebody be better than me. Mm -hmm. I'd do anything I could to get ahead of them. So you learn, you fight, and you get over it. What do you think?
3: What was the biggest? Um, A lot of people, I think, they just, you know, you come from wherever high school you come from. and you know you think you're an all-star and you go and you play on a team where everyone's all-star and everybody thinks they're all-stars as well so you're you get humbled quickly and also you have to just learn that there are people a lot better than you um and you have to learn to you know just like you said have pride and um compete
5: and going on with what he said my favorite coach was first my hated coach (laughs) coach phil snow um he told me on my first day at my university that you're like a racehorse, Polly. When you get injured, we shoot you. We got five more right behind you. So everybody's at that same caliber as you. It's a split second that separates you from a starter to a second, third, or fourth stringer.
2: Okay. What about you, Kalei? What was the biggest difference between high school and college?
0: Um, I mean, especially going into D1, it was like, like I was – was a good size I thought over here I got there and it was like girls towered and it was like <laughs> I thought I knew how to throw a ball but they know how to whip a ball it was like yeah it was all shocking
2: yeah you three you three played a lot in high school I mean you were like uh, all four years Calais you played all four years you're one of the main players you guys playing football you when you got to school when you got to college and I know Brian I want to get into the fact that you went to junior college first in a second but was it difficult to not play right away? Was it hard to be the person you kind of, Keone, you kind of talked about it. Was it hard to be the person that now had to stand on the sidelines? Was that hard? Yeah, it was hard. You feel like,
3: I mean, you don't even get a shot, you know, <laughs> as, as a red shirt. So you are basically got to learn and um, basically yeah, just watch and train hard and suck it up. Was that hard for you, Kalei?
0: Oh, yeah. It was like, it wasn't even like... <clears throat> You know how you do clinics and stuff, and you teach the little kids how to do the sport? I felt like the little kid learning how to do the sport. Yeah.
2: Makana, you played right away, right? Yeah. You, you showed up, and you played You played all four years. You played uh-huh. a lot, right?
4: Mm-hmm. I did.
2: Did you all know that uh, Makana is in the history of uh, Western Oregon University? Did you know that she is the second leading goal scorer in the history of Western Oregon all time? Okay. Did you know that? I and didn't she, know that. <laughs> and she scored 21 goals in college. That's the second all-time at her university. She also scored seven game-winning goals uh, in her career there. That's also the second all-time in the history of her school. Oh,
4: second place, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> first, place, first
0: place, No,
2: no, no. No. Um, I mean, that's a different situation. I mean, did you? was it hard playing? I mean, it was kind of what you did when you were a freshman here. You played right away. Was it hard playing with girls who were – four years old, three, four years older, or more mature?
4: I would say no, because I have a mindset that, you know, we're all on the same playing field. So I don't... I mean, I was always, even freshman here, you know, I don't care if you're older, if you have more experience, I'm going to play my game, I'm not going to let you get to me. So I think my mentality helped me a lot. Yep. You know, not thinking, oh, they're bigger, they're older, you know, they probably know a little bit more. I just did my thing, listened to what was being taught so I could learn that skill and just kept on going. I mean, I think that really helped me just having that strong mindset.
2: So, Brian, what's uh, what about you? Did I I know you went to, let's see, you went to, what was that, Orange Coast Junior College. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you play right away when you got up there? No. Okay, so this is the type of thing you're talking about. What was that like for you? Because you were like – I mean, you played basketball here. You were a starter in basketball. Basketball at our at our school. Yeah. I mean, you played a lot of sports, and you played a lot while you were here. Was that hard for you to stand on the sidelines? It sucked. <laughs> it was rough, uh,
5: but just like Keone, I had an issue. I played quarterback in DN slash linebacker here. I left here at one hundred and seventy five pounds. You're not gonna play any D-line position or linebacker coach in college at that level. So I had to learn a new position, got moved to strong safety. Um, And even then, I was too small. Uh (laughs) So I had to put on weight, and then I actually got up to about 200 pounds. So my next year, I got to play, but um, it was more like a nickel and dime package. I didn't even play the whole game. And then finally, my sophomore year, I got the starting position. So it just takes time. It's something that you just got to be willing to work through. And as, as bad as it is sitting on the sideline and just watching everything, it gives you a chance to step back and actually see the game for what it is and actually learn a little more. Wow. Because actually doing it is a good way to learn, but when you actually watch it on film and do it on the chalkboard, you're learning from a different perspective. So that helped me. And it's yeah. just something I had to learn to eat until I could... So,
2: I'm, I'm sorry, but I want to ask Brian about this. You, you know, you're the only one here of the four that went to two schools, in essence. So, you went to, you know, I, I think that when I think about the history of the fo- of football at Kamehameha Schools Maui, you're probably the most successful football player we've ever had that's come out of this school. You know, we've had about six guys on Division One rosters, and you're, you're the only one who actually started games. You started, I, I sort of looked it up, I think you started over 10 games in two seasons. So... You, you are arguably the most successful, and we, and we had some great ones here, and most of them were on that one team. So what is the value, and I think this is important for kids here, what is the value of going to a junior college? Because I think a lot of our kids, I think kids at our school come out and say, I'm just going to go, whereas I think junior college is a valuable way to go about it. What was your thought process about why did you go to junior college first and what was valuable about it?
5: Uh, actually it worked out a lot better for me because honestly, if I went to a straight university, I probably would have came home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the fact I did to go the junior college route, it allowed me to adapt a little easier to that college life. I went up with a group of Hawaii boys actually, because when you go to your university, you guys all have to dorm your first year. Juco, you can actually live with your friends. So having the camaraderie of five local boys, all from Maui, one who I played, football here with Kiahi, Kiahi Riggs. Riggs, all in the same house, you know, it kind of forces you and pushes you to want to do better. He was there. Yeah.
2: He was there already. That's That was your connection to that house yep. because Kiahi was, he was in between Keone and your class, correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he's the
5: one that told me to come and try it out over there and see how I like it, and I ended up liking it, so I kind of just ran with it, but it makes it a lot easier for someone coming from Hawaii if they... I don't want to say, but you're kind of slowly integrating yourself into something that's a big sh- culture shock for you yeah. because Southern California weather-wise is very similar, but you still have to get used to that city life. So it wasn't a full culture shock where I went to the Midwest or if I went to the South where I know no one, have nothing that I could possibly relate to back home.
2: Did you stay, did you stay at Orange Coast for two years or th- three years? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. You played two and a half and then you got I gray my okay. first year. That's right.
5: And then after my season was done, my college was able to pull certain scores for me and brought me in for um, off-season training, winter training.
2: Eastern Michigan did? Yeah. Okay. And so you would, you would recommend going to junior college if for? Well,
5: I would because one, it helps you kind of slowly get into things. And two, it helps you really find out what you actually want to do you're not forced like when you go to university you're kind of looking at that four-year track when you're at a junior college you're only looking at a two-year track okay you can graduate with an associate's did you do that did you
2: get your AA degree as well kinesiology okay that's great Mm -hmm.
5: that's what switched it up when i went to my university
2: see i think that's i think that's a great a great asset and a great way to do it thank you yeah yeah thank you for sharing that
6: This concludes part one of episode four. Check back for part two of our collegiate athletics discussion with our KS Maui alumni.